we have been doing uh, topics in Proverbs. Let me see. The first topic we did was the fear of the Lord. That took about four weeks. And then we uh, spent a week dealing with seeking and finding wisdom. And tonight and next week, I think we'll explain why. Because if you look in the average uh, book on Proverbs, this is the Proverbs Driven Life. These are all good books. There's no complaint about these books, okay? But when we get to the concept of topics, we have work, wealth, friends, marriage, children. Okay. Uh, We have um, self-control, control of your mouth, relationships, wrongdoings, godly characteristics, and prosperity. Then we have... Oh, we got just a whole list of them here, but let me give you a couple. Alcohol, um, appearance, authorities, contrast to blessings, the body, comparisons and contrasts, death, discipline, family, finances, friendships, and so on and so on and so forth. And even this one, and this one I'm getting a lot of my material from, uh, after you get past what we're dealing with, we start dealing with uh, skill in godly relationships, skill in godly marriage, skill in godly child raising. Uh, that's it. That's all he has for uh, to- topics. Um, the reason why I brought that out is when I first started this concept of topics in Proverbs, I thought it was going to be more along the lines of dealing with the subjects. I think here's one of the things that we need to understand with what we've studied so far. The fear of the Lord is going to include a certain humility in us, recognizing who God is, what he's like. And within that humility, we are seeking to live a life that is honoring and pleasing to him. So we need his wisdom to be able to do so. And then all of that brings us to a place where we walk in, by faith, if you will, or tonight's lesson, trust in what he has said, doing things the way he has said they ought to be done, so that in reality our life ends up showing worship to God. And then if you have all that right, now we can talk about all those topics. Because if you just talk about the topics, all we're doing is giving good advice that you're going to try and follow in your own strength And all too much of our Christianity is already being lived there. So that's why we're kind of going the long way around and and hopefully showing you there's a whole lot more to this than just here's the topic, here's the answer. Here's the problem, here's the answer. Okay? So let's start with a word of prayer, and we're going to be dealing with the concept of trust tonight. Next week, worship. Father, we thank you uh, once again for your word I know, Lord, that I'm going to put this in English words, and that is not going to communicate the idea. But you have saved us so that we might have a relationship with you. Not because you need the relationship with us, but you are glorified as we learn to walk with you the way you would have us to walk. And so as we consider these topics, we pray, Lord, that you would open our eyes and our hearts, that we might learn to trust you and your word and that we would show forth your worth 
in the way we live by your word. Give us grace and wisdom tonight in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, in the book of Proverbs, chapter 3, you'll notice we kind of went backwards, but again, we're setting that foundation for those topics. Last week, we looked at chapter 2, verses 1 through 6. Uh, tonight, we're going to do more than this one passage, but I figured it would be a good place to start. In chapter 3, verses 5 to 7, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not rely on your own understanding. Think about him in all your ways, and he will guide you on the right paths. Don't consider yourself to be wise. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. <clears throat> okay, looking at your uh, three-page outline again. Sorry, I'd like to put this in two pages, but it just doesn't work for me. Uh, trust in the Lord, the basis. Proverbs 16:20 says, He who heeds the word wisely will find good, and whoever trusts in the Lord, happy is he. Uh, I was listening to uh, either a TikTok or a message on the radio this morning and talked about uh, the desire that we have to be happy. And of course, if we were to ask everybody, who wants to be happy, raise your hands. Uh, everyone should raise their hands because that is a desire. And, and the Word of God speaks to that as we walk uh, in by faith uh, trusting in the Lord. Letter A, he who heeds the word wisely, the word uh, heeds here is sakal, uh, to be causatively, to make or act circumspect. S sorry about that, the word for wisely. Um, intelligent, consider, expert, instruct, deal prudently, to give skill, uh, to understand and to have wisdom. Notice this is not a passive uh, concept. The emphasis is on the act of attentive observation. He who heeds the word wisely. Okay? So the person is actually uh, uh, being attentive to what he's looking at and uh, making sure that he's uh, about the business of uh, following it. The verb calls for diligent, mental, and intelligent activity. It is used in Deuteronomy 32, 28, and 29 to discern, in Nehemiah 8, 13 to study, in Job 34, 27 to regard, in Psalm 41, 1 to consider, and in Psalm 64, 9 to ponder. So he who heeds the word wisely, the next uh, part here, letter B, the word. What word? Well, it's kind of obvious as you follow through here that we're talking about the Word of God here. Uh, this is a parallel verse with Proverbs 13, 13, which says, He who despises the Word will be destroyed, but he who fears the commandment will be rewarded. So again, uh, the, the parallelism there is the word and the commandment, obviously dealing with the word of God. So number three, trusting in the Lord and heeding his word are related ideas uh, to Solomon. Uh, Proverbs twenty two nineteen says, So that your trust may be in the Lord, I have instructed you today, even you. And in 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 3, 
David speaking to Solomon says, And keep the charge of the Lord your God to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes, his commandments, his judgments, and his testimonies, as it is written in the law of Moses, that you may prosper in all that you do and wherever you turn. So for Solomon, trusting in the Lord and obeying or heeding, paying attention to his word, they are related ideas. So when we look at the form of uh, chapter 16, verse 20, again, we have that word that we learned last week, chiasm, which uh, the shape of the X there, which is uh, the Greek letter uh, chi or chai. Uh, He who heeds the word wisely, part A here, uh, is equivalent to the second line, and whoever trusts in the Lord, and then uh, B, uh, will find good, is equal to happy is he. So he basically says the same thing twice, but he clarifies it with the second one so that you know what the first one actually says. So letter I there, will find good expands the idea of being happy. Okay, And trust in the Lord expands the idea of heeding the word. So if we just said, he who heeds the word wisely will find good, okay. But whoever trusts in the Lord, happy is he. That's the main statement. The other one kind of clarifies it, uh, expands the idea. Letter D. And I'm not into doctrine. I'm not a theologian excuse. I'm not exactly sure what has happened to our culture over the years, but we've really gotten away from the concept of intellectual, not intellectualism. We have all kinds of ism, but the idea of actually pursuing and understanding truth, whether it be in the scientific realm uh, or in the biblical realm. Uh, If you look at most of our millennials today, or, or the next generation after that, and I'm not sure which it is, X, Y, Z, whatever, it, it, it doesn't matter to me. But, but for most of them, there is no real purpose in living because everything that's going to be invented has been invented. Everything that's going to be discovered, it's already been done. And therefore, entertaining my mind with my phone, my tablet, my computer, my TV... That at least keeps my mind occupied, and I really don't have to do anything. It is relatively anti-intellectual, if you think about it. When you consider some of the things that are on social media, uh, the foolishness, excuse the expression, but the stupidity of some of these people— I saw a video here recently where a young lady said, you know, you old people always getting on us. You need to understand something. We have access at the tip of our fingers to all of the knowledge there is. And you guys are too old to learn how to do that. And and, I mean, she was just being the foolish young person that she was. Well, then someone stitched that video, which means they joined their video to hers. And it was an older woman. And she uh, started defending herself in the sense of, look, 
if you guys would use those fingertips to actually look up the knowledge, I mean, how hard is it to use Google? And she explained how she had used it and found the answer to something. And uh, it's kind of like, you know, that, that is a perfect illustration of where a lot of young people are today. We're smart, but we're not going to verify anything that anybody says. Now, how do I know this is true? Who was the guilty party for October 7th? Israel. Yeah. I mean, if they weren't like that, I mean, how many places did we have people uh, protesting for Hamas? I don't know about you. And now some of them would have said they were protesting on behalf of the Palestinians, but they were for Hamas. From the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. From the Jordan River to the sea, we want to eliminate Israel. This is what these people were reciting. And when interviewed, asked, from what river? From what sea? How is that going to happen? They had no clue. All they were doing was repeating stupidity. Uh, And again... I say that because when we come into the church, people use the same kind of excuses. I'm not a theologian. Don't talk to me about doctrine. And I want you to understand something. That shows your spiritual foolishness. Let me explain why. You cannot separate love for God, worship of God, and Christian living from doctrine teaching, considering the facts and truth revealed in the Word of God. Faith and doctrine are wed. They are married in the Scripture. There is no biblically defined trust without doctrine. You you do not trust people that you do not know. Well, doctrine tells you what God is like, who He is, and you, the more you know of that doctrine, the more you trust him. Second Timothy three fifteen and through seventeen, and from that uh, that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Uh, this past week, Lynn and I were listening to Second uh, Chronicles, I believe. Uh, we're catching up on the Old Testament. We're ahead on the New Testament and on the special reading, but we're catching up on the Old Testament. And uh, we're going through the courses of the priests and what some of their duties were and stuff like that. And all of a sudden, it talked about who was going to be leading music while the word of God was, uh, while the prophet was speaking. And I, I was thinking, it's kind of like, so during the sermon, someone's going to be playing the music. 
Now, we've had African-American churches come here and do funerals. Uh, usually our, our building is bigger than theirs, and they're going to invite you know 900 family members and their dogs and everything like that. Uh, they're much like Brazilians. If you go to, to a Brazilian get-together, they bring you around and introduce you to everybody. You'll never see these people again, but you'll, you'll be introduced to them, their dog, their cat, and the whole bit. But uh, So you get all these African-Americans in here. There's a a keyboard up on the stage, and the pastor is a preaching. <laughs> you know how they do that. And the guy on the piano is going, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> He's playing music with the sermon. Now, the culture of the white church, don't do that. I'll get distracted. And yet, it might be biblical. Think about that for a second. <laughs> I just thought it was kind of interesting and funny. But again, all scriptures inspired of God. It's profitable for teaching, doctrine, for reproof, correction, instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So you cannot throw doctrine out. You have to study the word, consider the word, and heed the word wisely. That brings us to number two. Proverbs twenty-two nineteen. So that your trust may be in the Lord, I have instructed you today, even you. Uh, letter A, the goal of biblical teaching is not intellectualism. But why, why do I say that? Because according to 1 Corinthians 8, 1, knowledge puffs up. But the, in James chapter 3, we see there is a contrast in types of wisdom. James chapter 3, verses 13 through 18. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy, self-seeking in your hearts, and do not boast and lie against the truth, this wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Now I, I kind of yielded a little bit there when it said willing to yield. And the reason is, is in doing marriage counseling, I find very often people that should be mature enough spiritually to understand what the Scripture says, this is an area that they struggle with. Hanging on to bitternesses, oh, we can do that. But willing to forgive and let go. Willing to take the hurt, like 1 Corinthians talks about when you're suing someone else in secular courts. It's kind of like you should take the loss. Don't go airing our dirty laundry in front of the world, Paul basically says. Well, that's exactly what I find happens in marriage relationships. Unwilling to yield. That's not God's wisdom. That's demonic wisdom. Just saying. Uh, so when we uh, consider the goal of biblical teaching, it's wisdom. It's the skill to live the way God would have us to live uh, in spite of our circumstances. Letter B, the goal of teaching wisdom is cultivating a vital relationship with God. 
Letter B on top of the next page, trust in the Lord, the opposites. The opposite of trusting in the Lord, first of all, is arrogance. Psalm 119, 21, you rebuke the proud, the cursed, who stray from your commandments. The proud, the cursed, the one who strays from your commandments. Notice, uh, straying from the commandments is opposite of heeding his word wisely, and therefore arrogance is uh, an opposite to trusting in the Lord. Psalm 119.85, the proud have dug pits for me, which is not according to your law. The proud here in line A is explained in line B by those uh, that act contrary to God's word. Number two, arrogance is in the rejecting of God's viewpoint in favor of one's own viewpoint. By rejecting God's word, one is acting like Satan. Has God indeed said? One exalts their own judgment over God's judgment. Uh, very often when I'm talking about ungodliness with my benevolence appointees, I sit there and say, you know, if you ask the average person in the church, what is ungodliness? They will describe unrighteousness. Unrighteousness is the behavior that comes from ungodliness. Ungodliness is living life as though God is not there, or if he is, he's just like me. If I think it's okay, he thinks it's okay. Kind of like, wow, is that a little arrogant or what? Okay, Uh, so that is one of the things that the wrath of God is revealed against. And that brings us to number two, the fear of man. The first one is arrogance. That's the opposite of trusting in the Lord. The second one is the fear of man. Proverbs 29, 25, the fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. The word for uh, fear there is karada. It means fear, anxiety, care, quaking, trembling. It's used in Exodus 19:18 of Mount Sinai, shaking as God descended upon it. The people who worry or tremble at concern about others' opinions of them. That's the idea of the fear of man here. Uh, What will they think of me? Uh, I kind of go to the other side because if I'm not going to be trusting the Lord, it's going to show itself in arrogance. Uh, My wife, she leans more towards the fear of man type thing. Uh, And again, that's where our weaknesses are. Doesn't mean we always live there. As we learn to yield and submit to the Lord, uh, she can trust the Lord, I can trust the Lord in spite of our natural tendencies. Uh, The fear of man and trusting God are mutually exclusive. John 5, 44. How can you believe who receive honor from one another and do not seek the honor that comes only from God? So they're mutually exclusive. That brings us to letter C. Trust in the Lord, putting it together, Proverbs 3, 5 through 7. In chapter 3, verses 1 to 12, there is a distinct pattern, alternating verses. The first verse gives an exhortation, then the second verse gives the consequence. So if you're still open to Proverbs chapter 3, let's consider in verses 1 and 2, the exhortation going to be found in verse 1. It says, uh, "'My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments.'" So uh, the exhortation, don't forget my law. The consequence, for they will bring you many days a full life and well-being. 
So the consequence here is long life and peace will be added to you. In verses 3 and 4, the exhortation found in verse 3, Never let loyalty and faithfulness leave you. Tie them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. The consequence found in verse 4, then you will find favor and high regard in the sight of God and man. So looking at your uh, outline, let not mercy and truth forsake you. The consequence, find favor, high esteem in the sight of God and man. So that brings us to verses 3 to 5, the biblical view. Uh, In uh, 5, we see a Hebrew parallelism. There are two paired verbs, trust and lean. Verse 5 again, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. So those are the two paired uh, verbs. Trust is specific in the image of seeking and finding support. If you're leaning on your own understanding, you are not seeking and finding support. You think you can do it by yourself. Okay? Number two, two contrasting objects of the verb. The Lord as opposed to your own understanding. One puts me in the way of God, the other leaves me in my own inborn foolishness and waywardness. Hmm. Having grown uh, up in foster homes and then in a home with a mother and stepfather struggling with uh, alcoholism and stuff like that, I left home when I was 16. I learned relatively young that People can't be trusted, and that if you're going to get something done, you got to do it yourself. Become very, very self-sufficient and independent. I don't know if you know that, but that'll really mess up relationships, (laughs) both with the people that might be merciful enough to let you stay in their house, as well as any girlfriends, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I, I say all of that because, again, in this concept, the idea of leaning on your own understanding... What did you bring to the table? A child is born with their heart bound up with foolishness. And the rod of correction doesn't just necessarily mean spankings and beatings. I got plenty of those growing up. They didn't drive foolishness from me because they weren't done correctly. They were just beatings. I mean, on Christmas Day, to get punched in the face with a birthstone ring that had nine stones in it. That's the kind of thing that I grew up with. Uh, So just because you spank doesn't mean you drive out foolishness. Uh, That continued with me for a period of time, and then I had to get saved and so on and so forth. But look at what the Bible says about leaning on your own understanding. Proverbs 12, 15. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he who heeds counsel is wise. Proverbs 22, 15a. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. I think it goes on to say, but the rod of correction drives it far from him. Psalm 51.5, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. That doesn't mean my mother did something wrong. That means the sin nature, the iniquitous twist, is transferred through the procreative process, and so I was conceived, and iniquity was part of that. It's not that mom and dad did anything wrong. God visits the iniquity of the father to the children, to the children's children, to the third and fourth generation. Uh, Here we are, grandparents, and we see 
the stubbornness and the independent spirit in our grandkids. It's kind of like, yep, they take after their grandmother. I can tell you. <laughs> yeah, okay. Now, let's move along here. Psalm 58.3. The wicked are estranged from the womb. They go astray as soon as they are born, speaking lies. And we read a verse like that and we say, yeah, that's them. They're the wicked. We're saved. Read uh, Ephesians chapter 2 again. We were dead in our sins and trespasses. We walked according to the course of this world, according to the lust of our minds and hearts. Uh, we followed Satan. So that's talking about all of us. Okay? So that's what it means to walk according to your own inborn foolishness and waywardness. Number three, a volitional process, not an emotional vibration. The concept of trusting in the Lord. The emphasis, notice, with all of your heart. Once again, let's understand the heart is the center of thinking, treasuring, deciding. In the New Testament, this is the mind. Okay? The purpose of Proverbs, according to chapter 1, verses 2 to 6, serves to develop skill for godly living. Chapter 2, verses 1 through 6, taught we must seek, memorize, analyze with diligence. Chapter 6, verse 21, we are to bind God's word continually upon our hearts. Tie them around your neck. Chapter 7, verse 3, bind them on your fingers. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So when we talk about uh, trusting in the Lord. We're not talking about, oh, just, just sit back, let go, let God. No, no, no. We're looking at the Word of God. We're finding out what needs to be known, and we're putting it into application. Again, the misuse of the concept of the heart. Um, notice the contrast in parallelism, Proverbs 28, 26. Proverbs 28, 26 says, He who trusts in his own heart is a fool. But whoever walks wisely will be delivered. The opposite of trusting one's own heart is walking wisely, or if you will, in the light of God's word. One cannot walk in wisdom without knowing wisdom. The par uh, there's a parallel idea in Jeremiah chapter 7, verses 23 through 24, which says, But this is what I command them, saying, Obey my voice, and I will be your God, and you shall be my people. And walk in all the ways that I have commanded you, that it may be well with you. Yet they did not obey or incline their ear, but followed the counsels and the dictates of their evil hearts, and went backward and not forward. So they walked in the counsel and the dictates of their evil hearts after his call to obey his voice and walk in all the ways that he commanded them. Now, now once again, before we talk about the people out there, how should lost people act like lost people? The expectation that we have that a lost person is going to understand the concepts of morality is foolishness. Why? Because morality is based upon God, His Word, and the relationship that we have with the two of them. Therefore, what should we expect from them? Exactly what they give us. 
But when we think about our own lives, how often do we not follow their example? Once again, let's talk about what's your daily devotional like? Uh, I don't know how many of you may have bought the Bible that was on sale a few years ago, the two-minute Bible, uh, two-minute devotional Bible for busy people. Can I, can I tell you something? In two minutes, you might be able to read a daily bread. And if you like the daily bread, please continue to enjoy. But that's regurgitated information. I, I hope the picture is gross enough that you'll open up the Word of God and study it also. Now, I know some people use the daily bread. They go and they look at the passage, they read it, then they come back and read the story and, oh, chicken soup for the soul and all that kind of... I, I, good, I'm glad you're doing that. Keep it up. But your information that you need is in the Word of God. Okay? Um, verse 6. In all your ways, in all of life pursuits... Notice once again, there's the concept of the secular and the sacred being separated, okay? Uh, interesting thing, looking back here, the musical instruments. Uh, this musical instrument is sacred and this one is secular. No, they're musical instruments, okay? How they're used is the issue, okay? Computer, you can get on a computer and look at porn, you can get on a computer and educate yourself even in the things of the Word of God. Okay, now you may need to be discerning as to what pages you're going to look at, but things like the Blue Letter Bible and the NLT Bible, there's all kinds of studies on there that are very, very helpful in spiritual growth. Um, what's the one? You listen to... No... Uh, the, on your little phone, you're listening to messages and stuff like that. What are they called? Podcasts. Thank you. I, I, someone needs to teach me how to use those things. But, uh, you know, podcasts, there's lots of good teaching out there if you're willing to look and listen. Uh, so uh, it does not matter. Uh, okay, let's look at your work. Okay, we have a, a construction guy over here. Um, while you're doing construction, you don't have to worry about God or anything that he says until Sunday morning. And then, of course, then you have to confess how all the bad business practices you did. No, no, no. God is a part of all of it. So in all of life's pursuits, in all your ways, acknowledge him. Uh, the word acknowledge here is yada, to know. By the way, those of you that like uh, Star Wars, Yoda is a play on yada, okay? Uh, it means to know. It is more than intellectual awareness. It's the concept of intimacy, to be involved with, to relate to God. First Chronicles 28.9. Uh, As for you, my son Solomon, know the God of your father and serve him with a loyal heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and understands all the intents of the thoughts. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. Ouch. I don't know about you, but that's uh, just a little scary. Um, this word is the idea of Adam knew Eve. Okay, that kind of intimacy. And, and again, because we're such a 
physically oriented people. I'm not talking about the physical concept. There was intimacy there that went beyond just the physical contact. Okay? So that's uh, the idea of acknowledging him. And he shall direct your paths. Uh, The word for uh, direct here is yashar, to be straight, smooth, causatively to make right or pleasant or prosperous, uh, to be upright or uprightly. When used with the word ways or path, it can mean free from obstacles or morally or spiritually straight. Now, I have Romans 8, 2 there. I want you to think with me. For the law of the spirit of life, law, this is what happens every single time because it's a law. Back here in Romans 7, the law of sin and death. I want to do the right, but I end up doing the very thing that I don't want to do. Why? Because it's a law. When we come to Romans 8, 2, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus delivers me from the law of sin and death. So as I learn to walk with the Spirit, I get to have my paths directed so that they are spiritually, morally right. I walk the way God wants me to walk. So he shall direct your path is not dealing with personal guidance or direction. It is the direction or the guidance that is found in God's Word. Again, we go to Romans chapter 8. I think it's around verse 14, 15. says, those that are led by the Spirit are the sons of God. Everybody gets this idea, Ooh, the Spirit is leading me. No, He leads you through the Word. So as you uh, have your eyes enlightened, because you have the Spirit of God living in you, he, He's giving guidance and leads. And then, of course, uh, Proverbs 11, 3, 14, 2, and so on. So let me read a couple of those for you. The integrity of the upright will guide them, but the perversity of the unfaithful will destroy them. The concept of the integrity is uh, they have learned how to live according to the Word of God. It is not saying one thing and living another. It's become a part of them. So therefore, it guides them. Proverbs 14.2, He who walks in his uprightness fears the Lord, but he who is perverse in his way despises him. Proverbs 15.21, Folly is joy to him who is destitute of discernment, but a man of understanding walks uprightly. Proverbs 21.8, The way of a guilty man is perverse, but as for the pure, his work is right. Okay, because he's guided uh, through the Word of God and given uh, the ability to uh, be free from obstacles or to be morally or spiritually straight. So, encouragement to know God in every area of life. In worship, as a friend, spouse, parent, child, citizen, employer, employee, neighbor, When we talk about, in all your ways, acknowledge him, he will direct your paths. He's going to give you the skills to have God in his proper place, to uh, have God as a friend or to be a friend to other people, Uh, how to be a a godly spouse, a parent, a a godly child, etc. The Word of God speaks to all of these uh, issues. In uh, This is a life of faith lived out before a lost and dying world. 
First uh, Peter three fifteen. But sanctify the Lord God in your heart. The idea of sanctify is to separate, to to make it special. Sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. Always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Why would anybody be asking? Because if God is special in your heart and you have this intimacy thing going on and you are directed in a spiritually and morally straight path, people are going to say, why are you like that? You know, everybody else, I remember when I was at Sears, Saturday morning, everybody's been out Friday night partying and stuff like that. And they're normally standing around talking about their exploits. And I'm running back to the uh, stock room and bringing out stuff and fronting shelves and and getting the floor ready for the customers. And one of my buddies comes up to me and he goes, Al, you're a Christian, right? And I said, yeah. He goes, you're kind of liberal. And I go, you know, Craig, that, that word is got some bad connotations in the crowds that I hang with. So what do you mean by that? And he goes, well, when we're over here talking about what we did last night, you're not judging us. Kind of like, it's not my job. That's the Lord's job. My job is to live as he would live right here in front of you. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to necessarily participate in your discussion because, well, I didn't do any of that stuff last night. <laughs> but... It's not my job, okay? And so when you're living the way God wants you to live, uh, in all your ways you've acknowledged him, he's directed your paths, that is going to bring questions from people. Now, it may bring persecution from people too. And God will give you the skill, the wisdom to handle that situation uh, also. So how do we do this in all our ways, acknowledge him? Well, a couple of passages to consider. Psalm 1, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper." Now, that doesn't mean you're going to get rich, but it does mean that as you allow the Word of God to settle in you, you've meditated on it day and night, you're going to be fruitful, you're going to be doing good works, and you're going to be bringing glory to God. Okay? Verse 4. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff, the useless part of the wheat berry, which the wind drives away. Therefore the ungodly shall stand in judgment, nor sinners, shall, excuse me, shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. You know, I kind of look forward to that. When the way of the ungodly, the paths that they're all on, is not one of the options anymore. Okay? And it's not because, oh, I don't like those people. It's because... I'm seeing the emptiness, the vanity of it, and I've participated in it and really don't want any part of it anymore. How about Psalm 119, verses 9 to 11? Again, most of us have memorized these verses, but consider what it says. How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. 
with my whole heart have I sought you. Now catch this next line. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. What does the author know? If left to me, (laughs) prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, right? Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. You'll notice in all of these verses, the concept of being in God's word and getting God's word into us so that it makes a difference in our life. You can't escape that concept. Now, why is that so important? We really like it when the kids are memorizing Scripture in Awana. There's memorization cards out there. I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. I want you to reconsider, is this something that I ought to be involved in? Okay? And that brings us to verse 7 from three to three, chapter 3, verses 5 to 7. Verse 7, the opposite of being wise in your own eyes. Not heeding some inner voice, but turning away from evil, which is done when one heeds the word of God. The fear of the Lord, again, is the beginning of wisdom, gained by one that receives, treasures, leans, applies, cries out for, seeks, and searches for wisdom. When we do that, when we're in the Word, when we're studying, when we're learning, when we're allowing the Spirit of God to convict. I remember one family that, I don't know what all the issues were, but they decided to leave Edgemont. And they say, when pastor preaches, it makes me feel bad. That's okay. That's kind of like pain when you put your hand on top of a stove. You pull your hand back. If you feel bad, deal with the issues. But get back into the Word of God because it's only as you let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly that the Spirit of God is going to enable you to be an overcomer because by the hearing of the Word comes faith, right? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So it's the more time we spend here, the more it becomes a part of our life, the more it starts being demonstrated in the way that we live. Now, I don't know about you, but I was really worried about getting through three full pages in uh, our hour. We've done it in 45 minutes, so we'll pray and we'll let you go early. (laughs) Okay. Father, uh, once again, we we look to you knowing that uh, truly you are not only righteous, Uh, but you have given us everything that we need for life and godliness as we get to know you. Open our hearts, open our eyes, give us grace to get into your word, to study it, to receive it, to apply our hearts unto it, to uh, incline our ears to it. Uh, Lord, that we search out the things and, and learn the things that we need to learn so that we may live in a way that's honoring and pleasing to you. We ask all of this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.